Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Over the last few podcasts, we've been exploring some of the women of the Bible. And we ended on Friday with Sarah, Abraham's wife, Sarah, sending away Hagar and her son Ishmael. Hagar, you recall, was the Egyptian maidservant taken up by Abraham and Sarah and brought back to the land of Canaan. Abraham had a child with Hagar, thanks to Sarah, who gave Hagar to Abraham. But oh, things got bad, and Sarah did not like that young Ishmael whatsoever. So she forced him and her mother Hagar to leave, and indeed they do. We never hear from Hagar again. We will hear very briefly of Ishmael. Over in Genesis 25, at verse 7, when Abraham dies, let me read it to you. Altogether, Abraham lived 175 years. Now recall that he became the father of Isaac at 100 years. So Isaac is now 75 years old at this point. Ishmael was 14 years older. So Ishmael is quite an old man at this point. But we read Abraham died, and Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac, and get this, Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, the field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah, and after Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Beer Leharoi. That's all we hear of Ishmael. You know, all those years, 75 years after Isaac was born, although we hear nothing of Ishmael, he kept tabs on his father. And when Abraham died, Ishmael showed up at the funeral. I think that is a very sad thing. There was no interaction that we know of between Abraham and Ishmael during all that time. But he loved his father, even though his father had sent Ishmael and Ishmael's mother Hagar away and never seen them again. Well, time passes. After Hagar and Ishmael are sent away, we're not told how much time, but something very important happens. The last we heard of Sarah, well, she had sent Ishmael and Hagar away. But now, sometime later in chapter 22, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And then God said, take your son your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. That is shocking. Sarah sent Hagar and Ishmael away with the agreement of Abraham to protect Isaac to protect his inheritance, to protect him personally. 
And now God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering? Well, verse 3 of chapter 22. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. We have a gigantic gap between Genesis 22, verse 2, and verse 3. Sacrifice your son, Isaac. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. Now, think about the night that passed. Abraham, struggling with this. What would you do if you truly believed that God spoke to you one evening and told you to slay your own son or daughter? I don't know about you, but I'd question my sanity. I'd check myself into a mental hospital. But all that night, Abraham wrestles with this idea. How could God possibly want that? And all the while, think of this, Abraham awake, struggling all night long. And what was Sarah doing? Notice, there is not a mention of Sarah in this story in Genesis chapter 22. Did Abraham speak with her? Did she wake up in the middle of the night and say, Abraham, what's wrong? I mean, Abraham is sweating bullets. Not a mention. Now, if your husband or your wife was going through that kind of struggle, you, you would know something is wrong. But we have no report of Sarah's response. So early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So Abraham, next morning, he had made a decision. He's going through with it. Did he talk to Sarah? We don't know. We're not told. But early next morning, I imagine Sarah was making breakfast for Isaac and perhaps watching through the tent at Abraham chopping wood. Now, Abraham's an old man. He's well over 100 years old. But he's got the axe and he's chopping the wood. Thunk, 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 thunk. Repetitively. And how much wood would you have to chop to have enough wood to fully consume a human being? Well, a lot of wood. Do you think Sarah and Isaac may have been watching him, wondering what in the world is going on? So Abraham took Isaac, loaded the wood on a donkey, and they set out for the place God had told them about. Now we have another big gap between verses 3 and 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place at a distance. A three-day journey traveling north to Mount Moriah. That is where Jerusalem is located. 
what did Abraham and Isaac and the servants talk about? We're not told. Apparently nothing. When Abraham left with Isaac and the servants, what did he say to Sarah? We don't know. But you can be sure that with the tension, Sarah is very worried about what's going on. What is happening here? Three days on the road. Abraham leading the way. Did Isaac say, Dad, where are we going? Apparently, Abraham's silent the whole time, and the tension builds, and we can hear the wood creaking on the donkey as the donkey walks along behind the servants trailing. Isaac, between Abraham and the donkey, wondering, what are we doing? And then Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey, while I and the boy go over there, and he points. We will worship, and we will come back to you. We will worship, and we will come back to you. Huh. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So Isaac is carrying the wood up the mountain. He couldn't carry it all at one time. Had to be several trips. Abraham carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac, thinking, I got a bad feeling about all this, Isaac spoke up and he said to his father Abraham, Father, the first Isaac has spoken in this story. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. And Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Now here's a really interesting point. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. And my translation reads, comma, my son. But we don't know grammatically if this is in a positive or evocative. Do we put the comma or not? Does Abraham say, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son? Or does he say, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son? It's a wonderful ambiguity in the text. And the two of them went on together. So they continued their way up the mountain. And when they had reached the place God told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on top of the altar, on top of the wood. Now, Pause there for a moment. When he reached the place God had told him, Abraham built an altar. All right, we're going to have a sacrifice. Where's the lamb? Well, I got, God will provide. Abraham built that altar, arranged all the wood on it, and then he bound his son Isaac 
and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. He bound his son eyes. Did Isaac willingly agree to climb up on that altar and be a sacrifice? Did Abraham have to restrain him? And notice, Isaac says nothing. He bound Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Holy Moses on a blue boat. Abraham's going to do it. He reached out his hand. He took the knife. But then, all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. A three-day journey had passed. Up the mountain they go. Abraham places Isaac on the altar. He's going to do it. Now, flashback to home. What's Sarah doing? If you were Sarah, if you were a woman like Sarah, you, you would intuit something really bad is going to happen here. I can only imagine her suffering the three days of the journey and while Abraham and Isaac are on the mountain. The angel said, Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And then Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, if you were Isaac and you were bound on that altar and you are looking up at your father, who's holding you by the shoulder, perhaps by the neck, and he has the knife in the air in his right hand about to slit your throat, and then he has a change of heart. He looks over, he sees the ram. He unbinds Isaac. Isaac is off the altar. I, I, he must have been traumatized at this. And then Abraham saw the ram, caught it by its horns. He took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time. And he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants 
and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. A three-day journey back home. Did Abraham talk with Isaac? Did Isaac talk with his father? And what did the servants think? Back home they go. I bet there was dead silence between Abraham and Isaac. We have to ask, how old was Isaac in chapter 22 of Genesis when God was going to sacrifice Isaac? He commanded Abraham, sacrifice your son, your only son Isaac. Well, if we turn to chapter 23, it begins, Sarah lived to be 127 years old, and she died in Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron. So a short time passes between the sacrifice of Isaac's story. In fact, at the very end of the chapter, we read, sometime later, Abraham was told, Milcah is also a mother. She has born sons to your brother Nahor, Uz the firstborn, Buzz his brother, <laughs> Uz and Buzz. And a little genealogy here. So time passes between the sacrifice of Isaac's story and Sarah dying at 127 years old. Sarah gave birth to Isaac, when she was 90, now at 127, 37 years later, she dies. So how old was Isaac at the sacrifice story? Dare I say, 33 years old perhaps? The same age as Jesus. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son Isaac, whom he loved, and he was a young man, a grown-up. And Isaac went along with this. Isaac was on the altar. He could have overpowered his father and gotten out of there. But he didn't do it. And notice there's no conversation here after the sacrifice of Isaac's story. When they got back, did Sarah, worried to death, seeing the two of them coming back, weep tears of joy? Did she say to Abraham, what in the world was going on? Was she angry with him? Did Abraham tell her what was going on? Did Abraham say, well, I didn't want to talk to you at the time, but God told me to sacrifice our son Isaac as a burnt offering. And you were going to do it? Did that conversation ever take place? We don't know. But Sarah says nothing. From the time Abraham and Isaac leave Beersheba and go to Mount Moriah until her death at 127 years old. There's not a recorded word exchanged between Abraham and Sarah. Oh, I think Sarah certainly knew. The servants talk. She remained silent all those years. 
Sarah. Like my grandmother of the same name was a tough cookie, but not after this, not after this. What was the relationship between Sarah and Abraham after this? Sarah lived to be 127 years old and died. Then Abraham dies sometime later and is buried with her in the cave of Machpelah. Well, what was Abraham thinking? What was his thought process during all of this? If we turn back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is the great catalog of the heroes of faith. And we read in Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise, that is God. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. All these people, all these people were heroes of faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them welcomed and welcomed them from a distance. By faith, Hebrews 11, at verse 17, Abraham, when God tested him in Genesis 22, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He was going to do it. And had not the angel appeared, and had not the ram been there, Abraham would have done it. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So what did Abraham think that terrible night after God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering, and the next morning Abraham got up and chopped the wood, and off they went? What did he think during that terrible night? While Sarah watched, perhaps knowing better not to question Abraham when he was like this. Well, Hebrews 11, verse 19, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham said, God made me an irrevocable promise, a covenant, that through Isaac all people on earth would be blessed. God told me to sacrifice Isaac. Therefore, God would raise him from the dead. This whole story, of course, prefigures God himself offering his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice on our behalf. And God did indeed raise him from the dead. Well, we have that insight when we get to the end of Hebrews uh, chapter 11. But Sarah didn't have that insight, at least not that we know of. I think Sarah died a broken woman, broken hearted, distraught, 
the rest of her life. And what of Isaac? After Genesis chapter 22, <clears throat> there's not a single conversation recorded between Isaac and his father, Abraham. In fact, Isaac moves away from home. Not a word is spoken between them for the rest of Scripture. Sarah, who was such a tough cookie like my grandma, I don't know, toward the end of her life, was quite difficult for her. Well, that brings us to the end of Sarah's story. Uh, next time on Wednesday, we'll pick up and we'll explore a few more of the women of the Bible. So I look forward to seeing you then. Blessings to all of you. Bye-bye now. Mm -hmm.